0: Wide Big World is a beautiful new picture book that shows how recognising the uniqueness of each other and our natural world can be a wonderful thing. This is Maxine Beniba-Clark's second children's book. She's an award-winning author, poet and illustrator of Afro-Caribbean descent. She's also a mum and joins us on the line from Melbourne to talk about her new book. Hi Maxine, how are you? Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. What prompted you to write Wide Big World?
1: Why uh, Big World was prompted by um, an incident that I had or, or, you know, encountered when I was in preschool, um, which is I grew up in Sydney's kind of white picket fence suburbs um, and... I was one of the only brown kids or one of the only non-white kids all through preschool, primary school, high school. Um, And so on my first day of preschool, I had a little girl kind of come up and say, you're brown. And she'd kind of never obviously encountered somebody that looked like me before. And it was just this kind of constant refrain throughout my preschool. And so I wanted to really, um, I guess, write a book that turned the tables on that in terms of opening up the conversation and some things that. Kids might want to save something, they see something like that happen. Um, and so, yeah, it was very much kind of, I guess, a reimagining of that situation and, and how could this turn into a positive thing.
0: What I find interesting about the book is that first opening um, double page spread where the little girl is saying to another little girl, you're brown. Um, I know in your experience that that was um, not said in a kind way. But when you see it on the pages of a picture book, particularly with what follows – it almost seems like a statement like without any racism attached to it. And I don't know if I'm reading into that or it's because I've read the whole book, that's the way I see it. But was that intentional? Because the statement itself could be a way that children just speak to each other when they see something and they say it as they see it. I think so. And I think children,
1: when they encounter something that they have never seen before, they look to the adults around them and they look to the kids around them. And it might be just for them. It might be racism. You know, that's something they're getting the home or it could just be a statement of this is different. And kids aren't as you know as t- as tactful as adults, as subtle <laughs> as adults. So they're going to point out a difference that they see. You know, it's not going to occur to them that maybe that's mean or maybe it's going to make that person feel bad. And so it was very much, I guess, about when you hear someone saying this, rather than saying you can't say things like that. Don't say that. Kind of teach them, you know, both the kids that are witnessing that, okay, well, what might be something you can say to say, yes, that person is different, but everybody's different. So let's talk a little bit about that.
0: And definitely one of the protagonists in this book is a rather cool-looking, um, I'm assuming, teacher. He's uh, <laughs> got very, um, very hip hair, I must say. Um, I like him. Um, and he is the one that sort of leads this conversation into a celebration of diversity, both mm. in people and nature. Is this how you wished the conversation had gone when you experienced this as a kid?
1: Yes, I mean, I think, I guess, you know, in there, there was a lot of thought put into, I think, by Isabel, the illustrator of Why Big World, into kind of, the positioning of the kids during that conversation. You know, the the little girl kind of says, you're brown. And then in the next illustration, you see kind of a couple of kids standing on one side and then the teacher standing with the girl who's kind of been the subject of this comment. And so that idea that, you know, it's, it is the teacher's role or the adult's role to kind of step into that conversation and not necessarily shame that child, but to say, look, you know, everyone is different and let's talk about that. And that's something I didn't have at that point in time not necessarily at preschool because I had terrible preschool teachers but just because I was growing up in a time where you just you didn't have those conversations in Australia or at least in in the suburb where I lived.
0: So what kind of impact does that have on a child like you mentioned preschool age that's so young and so vulnerable and you're just trying to make sense of the world Um, what kind of impact did it have on you that that was the way you would talk to and that you had no adults to help guide you through it?
1: Um, I think at the time probably confusing because preschool is that time when you you first are stepping away from home. Um, You know, I didn't really, you know, I guess childcare wasn't as big in those days. Um, You know, I was at home with my mum until I went to preschool. And so that realisation that there's not actually going to be an adult there that's necessarily backing you up or that's stepping into those situations, it feels really lonely because you expect or you assume that adults will protect you. Um, And I think as well... Probably a lot of the other kids are confused as well because no one's talking about it. It's just kind of, if it is dealt with, the teacher might just say, shh, don't say that, rather than having that that conversation. Um, so for me, that would have made a big difference just to have been able to talk about what was actually going on.
0: So how did you deal with that? Were you a shy child? Did you um, distance yourself from the other kids if they were saying hurtful things?
1: Uh, no, I wasn't shy at all, and I think that's partly just a personality thing. Um, I think if I had been a shyer child, it would have been um, more, you know, more diff- much more difficult. Um, but I just learnt to stay away from those kids, and you know, sometimes it would be one kid in a class, sometimes it would be half the class. It just depended on, you know, the year level, the particular kids in that group. Um, so, just I think. You learn, the sad thing is that as a child, uh, you actually learn to stay away from people and to go, okay, this particular teacher is going to help me if I tell this other particular teacher they're just going to ignore it. So just being really strategic and having to think about those things that really no child
0: should have to. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Maxine Beniba-Clark. Her latest book for children is called Wide Big World, and it does deal with the um, subject of difference and celebrating difference in the world. Maxine, you're a mum yourself now. Do you see that the situation has changed much in the schoolyard since you were a child?
1: I think there's a lot more discussion about bullying. Um, And I think there's a lot more willingness to actually talk about things and and let kids kind of actually have those conversations. And I also think the Australia I grew up in, you know, in the 80s. it, it's, it looks very much different. You know, we're, we're a much more multicultural society. Um, I was very much, you know, we, we never saw another black family for <laughs> for weeks kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I think that has, you know, inevitably it has made things different because there are lots of kids in the class from lots of different backgrounds. Um, so I, I'm very hopeful, but it was. it's also still a conversation that I think very much needs to be had.
0: Now this book has a lot of your heart and soul in it and the illustrations by Isabel Knowles are beautiful but how did you work with her with those images did you get to guide what she put in or did she um, take your words and interpret them?
1: I'd worked with Isabel before for a a project where um, she'd illustrated a section of my um, adult memoir, well, it's a childhood memoir, but it's an an adult book. And so, and her illustrations were just so beautiful. And I remember at the time, I had one conversation with her where she asked me about my, you know, what did your school uniform look like and what, you know, just a few things. And out of that, it was almost like she'd kind of reached into my brain and pulled (laughs) out exactly what, you know, exactly what I wanted it to look like. And so I kind of deliberately, you know, went and asked her, look, would you be interested in in illustrating a kid's book? And I think for a book with this kind of topic, it just needed to be beautiful. You know, the illustrations needed to be really bright and happy and colourful. And it needed to be something that, um, you know, wasn't at all heavy handed in terms of actually being a book about difference, but not one kind of, you know, is... is, um, makes kids afraid to have those kinds of conversations. So I think she did a really beautiful job of just um, creating this world that is that particular schoolyard. And, um, you know, there's a lot to do with nature in the book as well, so all of these beautiful kind of landscapes of the sun and the rain and things like that. Um, And so there was a little little bit of back and forth, um, but very much um, she kind of, I guess, put her own... Her own story on top of mine in terms of what she wanted the world to look like.
0: And it, it doesn't sound, it, it doesn't read in a patronising way either. It sounds like almost a conversation that the reader is having with you and their child, and it's all happening at the same time. Was that intentional?
1: Yes, I mean, I just wanted it to be a story, I guess, like any other story. of you know, I went to kinder and this kid said this to me, and then we had this kind of wonderful conversation about the world and how great it is that everyone and everything in the world is different. Um, And so, yeah, I just wanted it to be, I suppose, rather than a heavily moralistic story, just a story about something that happens at school one day that kind of, I guess, can inspire kids if they see something happening, to have those kind of conversations in their own schoolyard or kindergarten.
0: And you are a storyteller. Why do you think that stories in particular are so important in shaping our values and behavior?
1: um i think that the you know the keepers of stories are the keepers of history you know i mean when we when we look back at kind of um what we know about the past a lot of it we know because of of the written word which i think is why it's so important you know something like literacy is so important in in all different communities and i think you know when we tell our stories we're actually it's almost a testifying, you know, standing up saying, look, this happened to me. I had this experience and it's really powerful. Um, And I also think, you know, when I read, I read to validate my own experiences, but I also read to have completely different experiences, Um, you know, particularly for kids who don't have the autonomy to kind of travel to other countries and experience other things. They can experience other worlds through books. So I think, you know, story is just so powerful in terms of um, every child getting the full human experience.
0: Well, Maxine, it is a beautiful book. Thank you so much for speaking with us today.
1: Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me on Kindling.
0: That was author Maxine Beniba-Clark and her new children's book, Wide Big World, is Kindling's Story of the Week. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au